Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your JRPG Report, episode 139. And I will promise you one thing right now. There will be no politics discussed on this podcast. We've got enough of that garbage going on right now in the United States. So we are going to be talking about those games that you know and love so much. Games like the incredible Trails of Cold Steel which uh, I'm still in Act 1. By the way, apparently these acts are ridiculously long. I'm over the 10-hour mark easily, and uh, this thing just keeps on uh, keeps on a chugging. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how many acts there are, but I'm um, having a lot of fun. If you are curious about the game and uh, don't mind it being spoiled, we're doing live streams each night uh, sometime around like 9.30 or 10, usually when I get going, and I play until I get tired. Um about midnight or so. Um, this is going to be a short podcast. I'll go ahead and tell you guys, there's there's not a ton of stuff out there anyway, but uh, as I mentioned before, I did have to pick up another uh, part-time job, and I'm supposed to be there in like an hour. So, yeah, we'll just <laughs> see if we can knock this one out real fast. Um, first thing we want to talk about, we've got a ton of info to go over, so this is going to be our lead easily today. Came uh, It came out, so I'm was happy that it did. Uh, we talked last week about the release date for Bravely Default 2. And let me get to the bottom. Where, what does it say with this one? Yeah, February 26th of next year worldwide for the Switch. And uh, perhaps not surprisingly, there was a massive uh, data dump this week. And we learned all about the characters, the world, the systems, and the jobs. So first... Let's start with our characters. Uh, there are four main ones, the Heroes of Light. First is Seth. He is the protagonist. He is a young sailor who washes ashore on the continent of Exliant. After meeting Gloria, the princess of a ruined country robbed of its crystals, they set off on a journey together to find the crystals. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think this is interesting. Um, we talked you know, a little bit about Final Fantasy sixteen and its focus on the crystals and uh, kind of sounds like they're wanting to maybe do away with that whole system. And Square Enix has chosen to kind of focus on the crystals again in Bravely Default. This was a, it's always been a main theme in Final Fantasy games. It's certainly bleeding over to Bravely Default as well. Next, we have Gloria of Musa. She is the princess of Musa, a country that watched over the peace of the world by way of the crystals. But when the crystals were stolen, the country was doomed to ruin. After escaping and remaining in hiding, she sets on a, on a journey to recover the crystals. Uh, next, we have perhaps the coolest name of a JRPG character ever, Elvis Laszlo. Uh, I can't help. If I see the word Laszlo, it immediately makes me think of Grand Theft Auto. That's just, that's just the way my brain goes. He is a scholar who travels the world. He is on a journey in search of the asterisk necessary to decipher the magical book left by his master. Doesn't look like a typical mage type character, but apparently that is his role. And then you have Adele Ayn. She is a mercenary for hire. And she sets off on a journey with Elvis as his guard in search of said magical book. Um, next, they talk about the world. and uh, they, they call it a warm miniature garden-esque world. And that's a pretty accurate description of it. 
Uh, look tomorrow. I know I promised slideshows before, but uh, I've downloaded all these and I should have some time tomorrow. I think there was about 50 new images to go along with this story. So I will put those into a slideshow and put the uh, video up on YouTube so you guys don't have to flip through all these. It's really cool to see this one in action. Uh, they say various worlds fill out the continent of Exliant, which is where the story is set. They ask what awaits our heroes before they set out to accomplish their goals. Uh, that's really, uh, <laughs> that's the first thing we know. And then we're going to talk about Halcyonia, which is the country of the spring breeze, a scenic country rich in nature and led by King Posido, who was known as a great soldier. He gained independence from the country Musa in the north about 400 years ago. Many of the nation for its assortment of delicacies. Then there, uh, here's some of the characters. First is Sloane, who is known as the Blue Forest. Amanda Myron is the greatest swordsman in all the continent of Exilent, and Princess Gloria's loyal retainer. He served the country Musa, but escaped to Gloria. He escaped with Gloria to Halcynia after its downfall. He's the one in that initial trailer who says, I am no hero, no warrior of light. So perhaps he used to be. I think that was pretty cool. Um, uh, some information on Placido. He is the king of Halsania. While known as a master in the military arts, he is highly trusted by the king, the people, thanks to his fair and just leadership. He is a kind king who shelters Gloria after her country falls to ruin and spares no effort in cooperating to rebuild Musa. Another character is called Dadge Rampage, <laughs> a mercenary who has teamed up with Selene. While he may be a rough and reckless man who does whatever it takes for a payday, once he is convinced of something, he is passionately single-mindedly about it. He has a thing for Selene, uh, but she is way out of his league. Uh, and the aforementioned Selene is a sharp-minded and level-headed woman who works alongside Dad. Uh, she is a veteran mercenary who has survived many battlefields while keeping the rash Dag under control. It talks a little bit more about the systems. We we know about the uh, the brave and default uh, things from the first game. They say, in addition to a traditional turn-based battle system that combines jobs and abilities, you can enjoy innovative and strategic battles unique to the Bravely series by taking control of your turns via the Brave and Default system. The key to victory in battle is determining when or whether or not to use your Brave or Default while managing the Brave points you enable as you act. By using Brave, you can get an advance on BP to perform up to four consecutive attacks. By using Default, you can guard while gaining BP. The jobs and abilities, each character has a main job and a sub job. By combining jobs, you can handle two abilities at once. You can create an all-rounded bounce in the, uh, in the offense and defense, or perhaps a character that specializes in magic. Your tactics and how you develop each character are up to you. I like that kind of ideas. Um, job systems can be a little daunting to me, um, I'm not, I kind of like them just being, you know, assigned a role and I can change it perhaps if I want to, but sometimes it's just a little too much for me and I like it a little more simplistic, but this sounds like a pretty cool system as where, as well. They say asterisk holders can often block your path forward. You can, by defeating them, you will obtain an asterisk, which enables you to change jobs. That's pretty cool. Uh, some of these other jobs that they're going to talk about, uh, the freelancer, an average job with no special talents. They possess abilities that can make the adventurer 
itself easier, as well as provide cover for party members. The Vanguard is equipped with heavy armor and a shield, and they attract enemy attacks. Of course, you have to have your white mage. They use a lot of magic, such as recovery and support, to increase the survival rate of other party members. Black mages are experts that can do away with several enemies at once using powerful magic. There's the monk character, an attacker that fights using nothing but their fists to deal powerful blows. You have your thief, of course, with high evasion and action speed, and they can steal various items from enemies. So yeah, tons of information there. As I mentioned, there was a lot of really good images that went along with it too. And I'll try to have that up sometime tomorrow for you guys to check out all those details. Remember, Bravely Default 2 is due out for the Switch on February 26th of 2021, and that is going to be a worldwide release date. One other thing I want to quickly mention before I forget, you will notice the lack of something that's been in our podcast for a while now, and that is the ad from Anchor. Uh, this past week, they put a pause on them, and I went to check it today, and there's actually no more Anchor ads. There's no more opportunities for ads, period. And, you know, I think I earned about a penny each time that somebody listened to the ad, which doesn't sound like a lot. It does add up, and it did give me at least a few dollars from Anchor. So you won't get any break, in, at least in this episode. We don't have any sponsors to mention right now. So one thing I want to mention, and we'll do this, let's just say until Christmas time, right? I'll probably make a plea each week. Um, I basically have two choices moving forward as far as what to do with ads. Um, there is a opportunity called Podcord, which basically matches you up with certain advertisers. I have to kind of go seek them out, uh, bid on things, get acceptance, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you get to listen to an ad <laughs> every uh, week. I don't really want to do that. Um, it's a lot more work involved, and I'm not really good at sales. I'm not in that field. So here's option two, and there are some awesome individuals listening to this right now who have already done this, either through Patreon or through Anchor, and you guys support this podcast financially. Um, as I mentioned, I already had to take another job, so time is a little bit limited if you guys love what you hear each and every week, and sometimes on the weekends, please consider uh, supporting this financially. Um, you can do it for as little as a dollar through Anchor. I think the the lowest tier you can do on Patreon is $2. If each and every one of you guys did that, I'd never have to read another ad. Again, you don't have to hear it. I won't beg for your money every week. It'd be kind of a win-win. So we're kind of going to do like a little push each week and now until Christmas and I'll see where it's at. Um, if a bunch of you guys sign up for this deal, I won't have to seek out sponsors. If everybody says, I don't care about ads, I'll listen to it. That's that's fine. That's your choice. Um, but I do have to do something to kind of offset the time that I spent on this. And that is one way I can recoup some of those costs for time and, and trouble. So consider that. Like I said, you know, as little as a dollar or two. If you want to do more than that, super awesome. But... We'll see how that goes, and I'll kind of give you guys the results after Christmas as to what we're going to choose to do going forward. One other way you might be able to make a few dollars is through YouTube and their partner program. Uh, one of the There's two requirements for getting monies through YouTube, that you have to have 1,000 subscribers, you have to have like 4,000 
watch hour minutes in the past year. We went over 500 uh, last week. I think we're at like 430 or 530 right now. Sorry, 500 total. So once we reach that mark, that is cool. And uh, if you guys haven't already, go give us a subscription over there on YouTube. I do daily videos as soon as I find uh, trailers. I try to put it on there. Like I said, with the slideshow, I try to do those as well. So let's talk about a few things quickly that are going to be um, over there that you can check out. Uh, the first is a new debut trailer. Uh, and Air No Surge DX. Uh, these are Japanese releases as of right now. They put out a new trailer kind of showing off some of the gameplay and the scenes that you'll be seeing in that. I've got that video over there. As well as um, from that live stream that they did, I pieced together about 10 minutes of just pure gameplay and scenes from the games, clipped them together, put it on there. So if you're curious about this game, you've got the trailer and you've got the um, live stream footage that you can go and see. This is a very Japanese game. I don't know if we're going to get this one or not. Um, if I had to bet one way or another, I'd say no. But you just, you never know. It's due out in Japan on January 28th. So if we're going to hear anything about it, it may be fairly soon. Uh, there is a new official story trailer for Mary Skelter Finale. They put that up and out. I've got that linked on YouTube. This one is due out for PS4 and Switch on November 5th, so it's out today in Japan. Still no word on a Western release. Um, I'm leaning towards we may not get this one either. The previous two did come out, I believe, so I'm not sure why they wouldn't do this one, but just haven't heard anything on it uh, quite yet. If you're looking forward to Monster Hunter Rise, there is a... Uh, was it six minutes? I think it's fairly long. Um, yeah, six-minute gameplay video that shows off the great sword in action. So if you're looking forward to this one and you want to see a dude swing around his great sword, you can see that for several minutes. It also introduces the flow of the hunt and two Palamute companions. Um, in the video, the hunter is going after the bird wyvern Enkinosom in the Shrine Ruins. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce these things. I do the best I can. Another interesting video is for the uh, Near Replicant game coming out. It's, quote, Snow White Edition. This is a short trailer for the Japanese version of this. Um, it includes a copy of the game, the Grimoire pin set, script set, two-disc soundtrack, and a special box. The Western version will release... Uh, will include the same content as well as a steelbook case. I'm not sure what the price is on this one. I'm sure it's not cheap. Um, I'm sure it's over 100 bucks easy for, for all this content. If not, um, <laughs> it may be a lot more than that. Um, actually, I don't have a link to, to see how much that exactly is, but it's surely not cheap. Game is looking pretty awesome. I'll probably just stick to the standard edition on this one unless it uh, ends up going on sale. Somewhere, So you can check out all those trailers over on our YouTube channel. There is a new one I put on today. Uh, Nippon Inchi released a new trailer for the dungeon RPG, Labyrinth of Galeria, Coven of Dusk. So you can check that out. They also detail the new, um, they call it Games Facets, which are basically its classes. There is the Astro Crow, which are knights who worship, 
ravens and the power of the stars, known as the Aster. They kind of got a giant lance in their hands. They look pretty cool. There are the Rapid Venator, and these are crossbow users. They have what's called the Pier Fortress. They look like kind of the vanguards that we just talked about before. They specialize in defense. And they have wield weapons called a Qatar. Kind of looks like a shield, but um, can use it as a weapon. I think like uh, Rain from um, the Empire Chronicles, maybe it looks like. And then there is the Magia Maid, which I'm guessing is your... Uh, yeah, it's a, they specialize in attacking and healing using a magic dolem. It kind of looks like a lamp on the end of a long stick. <laughs> so yeah, you can check out that video over on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we talked about that uh, that same live stream. Uh, also had to the Ariza Two footage. So in addition to the opening movie. It came out featuring the theme song Somewhere. No, I'm sorry. Some win. <laughs> Somewhere. Some win. Is that a word? I guess so. It is by the Japanese musical trio Clambon. So if you've been uh, itching for some new Clambon music, you can check this out. So that's the opening movie. It's pretty short. Um, they did the live stream footage thing as well. I pieced that together again about 10 minutes of footage from that live stream I put together and made it into a video on YouTube. This game is looking pretty outstanding. I'm very, very excited for its Northwestern release on January the 26th in North America and January 29th over in Europe. A couple more fun things to talk about with you guys. If you uh, have been kind of gone away from monster hunter world iceborne you can get back in there and get some free packs um, for a limited time only this is the new hunting party pack and this will be available from november 5th that's today until the 26th uh, you get a gourmet voucher times 30 the mega nutrients times 100 nourishing extract you get 100 of those the wet fish fin 100 of those and the great sushi Sushi fish scale, a hundred of those. Of course, you can only get that pack once, but I guess they're trying to get some some people to jump back in there and uh, play the game again. Um, something you can play right now as well is the demo for Dragon Quest Eleven S: Echoes of the Elusive Age Definitive Edition. Way too long of a title. <laughs> You can um, play that right now for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam and the Microsoft Store. Our friends at Square Enix have announced the demo will feature the beginning of the game for up to 10 hours of content. Of content. That's a pretty solid demo. Um, I'm sure they're trying to get um, you know, players like myself who maybe have played this before and like, all right, you can see exactly all these changes that are in here. You get a good taste of it. The best part, and I love it when demos do this, you can save your progress and then carry it over into the full game. That's I really don't know why more developers don't do that. I mean, there's only so powerful you can get in a short amount of time. And the last thing you want to do is really love something, put some time into it, then have to start all over again. So 
you can uh, check that out right now. The game will be launched worldwide on December 4th. Of course, you can already get this version of the game for PlayStation 4, as well as the you know regular old edition for piece for Steam and or um, PS4. It's available on Steam, isn't it? I thought so. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Dragon Quest will have an announcement next year. Uh, next year will mark the 35th anniversary of Dragon Quest uh, 2021. And to uh, commemorate the event, creator Yuri Hori has said there will be various announcements to his celebration. This all came uh, during the Dragon Quest X Fall Festival back on October 30th. He said, quote, thank you very much for today. Next year, Dragon Quest will celebrate its 35th anniversary. I believe we'll be able to make all sorts of announcements in regard to that. Uh, there's still a lot of fun to look forward to in Dragon Quest X. Obviously, he was speaking to that crowd, and it's a Japanese crowd. <laughs> we don't get that fun in Dragon Quest X over here. Please continue to support Dragon Quest in the future. Thank you uh, very much. There are several titles already in advance. We were mentioned before like that Dragon Quest Adventure of Die game. Um, new Dragon Quest Monsters title. Um, but the thing that everybody is looking forward to, and really, this would be the You've got to announce, at least announce this is maybe you can ha have some sort of opening trailer for it next year. We should get something on Dragon Quest Twelve. Um, I can't imagine them passing up an opportunity on the 35th anniversary of the game not to formally uh, show to the world this new vision for Dragon Quest on next generation consoles. I cannot wait to see how this thing looks on PlayStation 5. It should be beyond incredible. Very, very exciting. And uh, I mean, when that's going to happen, he didn't really nail down anything other than next year. So I dare say it'll be a while once they're ready. And as soon as I hear something, I will let you guys know. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Kind of racing against the clock anyway. So <laughs> if it feels like I've been on a, uh, a shot clock, I have. <laughs> uh, there was a new trailer and some information for Saviors of Sapphire Wings and The Stranger of Sword City Revisited. It has a now a Western release date for Switch and PC via Steam on March the 16th, 2021 in North America, March 19th in Europe, and March 23rd in Oceana. Publisher NIS America and developer Experience announced... Um, these are remasters of some old Vita games. I believe that's where it originally came out for. Um, some of the key features in this uh, remaster, they say, Knights Assemble, muster all your might and cunning to confront the forces of the Overlord of Darkness. Assemble your party, develop your own playstyle with traps and tactics, and exploit your enemy's weakness, elemental weaknesses to become the most powerful Servants of Darkness. Um, they say, bound by battle. Lead allies into battle and keep them alive to strengthen your bonds and unlock their true potential. Off the battlefield, have one-on-one -on -one conversations with your comrades to discuss their history and outlook on your adventures. The bond you build with your allies will be the true bulwark against your fight against the Overlord of Darkness. You are now hunters of darkness. Turn the tables on the dozens of evil by setting traps to corner the elusive and dangerous monsters and defeat them to obtain rare and powerful treasures. 
They say, Revisiting Stranger of Sword City. Put your dungeon delving skills to the test in another thing adventure with Stranger of Sword City Revisited. This classic RPG comes with additional content, including expanded character creation options, in-game events, and new items and equipment. <clears throat> so if you are curious about what exactly this game is, well, I shouldn't have to say this, but you know where to head <laughs> over to the JRPG Report YouTube channel. You can check this out with a ton of other things, including the, um, this is kind of the debut trailer for this game. Now, this is not a JRPG. We do talk about some, um, I kind of, I'll put it this way. If I see a turn-based battle system, I'm probably going to talk about it. Because um, in my mind, that is JRPG inspired. And, you know, we do play games outside that realm. One of those, I believe, is going to be Ruin the King, a League of Legends story. I don't play League of Legends. I don't really care about that, but this does look cool. It is just an animated trailer. There is no gameplay shown off for it. However, this game is supposed to be coming out in early 2021 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and then soon thereafter to be on PS5 and new Xbox series. Uh, publisher Riot Forge and developer Airship Syndicate announced. Uh, of course, users who purchase the current-gen versions will get the next version uh, for free. Um, I'm mentioning this because, in particular, it, Airship Syndicate. You may not recognize that uh, developer, but they developed Battle Chasers Night War, which I loved that game. And I, in particular, really enjoyed that battle system. And the graphics very much remind me of that anyway. So I'm looking out for this one. I thought I'd at least put put on your guys' radar. Uh, my buddy Chris sent this to me um, originally and thought it sounded interesting. Now, he's a huge League of Legends fan, so I understand why he, <laughs> he in particular was um, really looking forward to this one. But he pointed out to me, and I thought, hey, let you guys know about it. If I hear anything more on it, I will do that, especially if we see some new gameplay footage. That would be uh, that'd be ideal. Um, like I said, it's kind of just CG and uh, kind of setting the stage for it. But it was kind of a debut trailer, so you don't necessarily expect to see too much like that. Um, if you've been enjoying Genshin Impact, which I thoroughly enjoyed it right up until Cold Steel 4 came out, and then I dropped it like a bad habit, <laughs> I will pick it back up. When I'm done, um, probably in between Cold Steel 4 and uh, Tilia Riza 2. But version 1.1 Impact is coming out on November 11th. Um, <clears throat> MiHoYo announced they are dubbing this one A New Star Approaches. New Four new characters, new quests, three full acts of quests in the core storyline will be added, including the grand finale of the Leeway chapter, plus character-specific side quests. There will be a new Unreconciled Stars seasonal event for two weeks. Uh, new reputation system. This system gives players a separate rating for each city and is built upon completing activities in the surrounding region. Building up reputation offers region-exclusive rewards, including customization options and new items. Speaking of new items, there are new tools, include a portable waypoint, portable stove, 
treasure compass, and Oculus Resonus Stones. The update will also add a Wind Catcher item, which stores an Anibagranga <laughs> to create on-demand de on wind currents like for more exploration. Um, there's new monster cameos, and it does say that it will be playable on PlayStation 5 with improved graphics and faster load times. So I'd be curious if this is going to be you know, something you could port the PlayStation 4 version over to and all your character progress. I would definitely not want to start over again as I got pretty far into the game. But uh, whenever I do get that PS5, it'd be nice to be able to just carry that one over as well. Two quick last things to uh, put a mention on, then we'll put a lid on uh, this episode. Uh, there have been details on the Digital Deluxe Edition, and the um, there's also a Digital Deluxe Edition with the Season Pass going to be available for Atelier Ryza 2. This is just Japanese. I'm assuming that we're going to have uh, Western versions of these as well. Um yeah, so the Digital Deluxe Edition is going to include the Kirken Island Collection Tour, uh, which increases the number of collection points players will be able to access. Additional content includes 37 costumes players will be able to select from, including summer outfits. Um, Digital Deluxe uh, four will also include four types of useful items in the early game, a total of 100,000 gems that can be used to build and rebuild facilities. Um of course, if you had that season pass, it's going to add all the things that come out for it post-release in terms of DLC. Uh, cost on this, the Digital Deluxe Edition will go for about $95, and the one with the season pass is roughly 138 So that's quite, uh, that's quite a lot of money, but that is pretty typical. I know that's pretty much exactly what they did with the first one. Um, yeah, I'll probably just uh, pick up the regular one. I will say this, though. they The Season Pass would have been a good value based on how much the prices of the additional DLC was post-launch. The only problem with like Ryza in particular was it was kind of a short game. So the fact that they added character episodes for each character after that and then charged a pretty high rate, I think it was like 8 bucks per character, something like that, that... That didn't sit too well with me. I didn't really have any interest in wanting to know too much more about the characters anyway. Um, love the game. Don't does not mean I have to love the DLC for it, to be fair. So one last thing I want to mention, and I shared this um, on our uh, social media channels, was there was an article on uh, Sakonira. And the title of it was The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 Will Intimidate Newcomers. And I just sat there and I scratched my head and I sighed and I did all those things. And so the reviewer says that I've never played any Legend of Heroes games in any capacity. That's your first problem. <laughs> Why? Like, why would you even do that? And why would you even think that that was a good idea to begin with? Like, it would have been bad enough not playing any Cold Steel games and then going for the fourth one. And okay, yeah, I know. Previous games have never been like this. I don't need to have played the first 10 Dragon Quest games to play Dragon Quest 11. 
I know I don't need to have played the first 14 Final Fantasies to play FF15. This series is different. And maybe it should just say that on the front of the package or something like, hey, you really need to play these previous games. It's like, you know, I make the analogy that you wouldn't watch Return of the King without watching Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers. It'd be really, really dumb to do that. You wouldn't understand any of it. It doesn't mean you couldn't enjoy what you saw in front of you. It just wouldn't make one iota of sense. And why would you do that? Why in the world would you do this? And why would you even put an article up (laughs) announcing that? Um, it should intimidate newcomers to the point of they should never, ever play this game without playing the first three. It just, oh my gosh, I can't even begin to uh, really just, why? Anyway, so waste of time. Don't read the article that I sent to you. Just, I was frustrated and had to share it with you guys. And hopefully you uh, can pick up on that frustration. Uh, Give us a like on Facebook. uh, Follow us on Twitter. And of course, give us a sub over there on YouTube. And again, consider your financial support to either Anchor or or Patreon. I would greatly appreciate it. And I'll only bug you for the next couple weeks or so to see how that goes. That's going to wrap up this one. Uh, Yeah, I just a little bit over 30 minutes. I knew I could do it. And so now I'm going to go get ready for work. So guys, if you want to catch me playing Cold Steel 4 every night, you can do so right about 10 o'clock each night. You should be able to catch it over on our YouTube channel. That's where you find all of our live streams. But until next week, my name is James Fisher. This has been the JRPG Report, episode 139. Until next time, get back out there and level up.